On The Go podcast is brought to you by The Sanctuary. For more information, please visit www.thesanctuarychurch.com. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about the church. The church, right? And just as I said those two words, the church, we all imagined the church, right? And the church means a lot of things to a lot of different people. It's it just kind of, uh, we'll pull up the next slide for me, Owen. Uh, this one right here. What, what is the church, right? We think of the church, we go, oh, I have, th- this is what comes to mind uh, when we think about the church, right? And, and I bet the majority of us may have even started with what's happening here right now. But Yes, this is the church, but more, more in our mentality is this is a congregation of the church. That's a congregation, that's a congregation, that's a congregation. There's a congregation that meets at the junior high, another congregation meets over on that street. Right? Those are congregations in the church. Because the church, we, we've got to get this into our mind that the church is more than just a building or a property. The church is a people, right? Many of us will think of church and then we start using adjectives. We use adjectives that, that bring attributes or, or describers, right? Some people think of the church and they go, oh, I think of nouns. I think of church, I think of words that identify people and places and things. And we refer to that, right, as, oh, that's the church, uh, right? Well, I'm going to church, but I am the church gathering with the church at the church, right? And so it gets kind of confusing, right? Some of us think of the church as a verb, Action words of things that are being done. Oh, the church did this. Or the church didn't do that, right? And so here's, if, if we were to use any of those, we'd all be right. Because I can tell you, I use the word church as an adjective, as a noun, and as a verb. So, so what is this church? And, and what is this thing that we're doing uh, next week? The church can be difficult to describe because it means so many things to so many people. You bring up the church in some circles and immediately <sighs> there's trauma involved. S- serious trauma involved. But the Bible doesn't help us much, right? Because again, this, this church means so many things to so many people. The, the Bible describes you and me, right? As people who read the Bible, followers of Jesus. We're, we're called followers, we're called disciples, we're called believers, we're called Christians, and then I've added to the list apprentices, right? I'm like, no, it means to be an apprentice, just to learn from a master and go, hey, I have to follow that, that way of doing things. Some of us are in uh, a role where we're learning as an apprentice bookkeeping or, or working with our hands, construction, etc. and you, you start out as an apprentice and then you learn behind someone. Someone's teaching you how to do those things, right? That's, that's what it means to be a Christian. Today I want to share with you the motive behind church anywhere but here. Church anywhere but here, some of you may be going... I've never heard this phrase before. That's okay. Church anywhere but here. Uh, some of you have experienced it, and again, for others, it's going to be new. But I, I want you to know that church anywhere here is exactly what it sounds like. It's church anywhere but here, right? So next week, when we show up here, if you show up here, there will be nobody here. I know you're thinking, I'll, I'll get into it. I'll bring it all out to you this morning. But there's no gonna, nobody going to be here. And, and I want you to know, it's, it's, I'm trying to get us as a people, as a congregation, as part of the church, to experience the beauty, 
the diversity of what the Bible calls the body of Christ. Watch this. We're going to get all diverse again. The body of Christ, the bride of Christ, right? I'm like, wait, wait. The, and in and, and our case, the lowercase c church, not the capital C church, which is the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. But it's like, ah, what, so what, what's, what is this all about, right? There are many things uh, there, there are many things that the church can be, and I, I probably just as many things as it can't be, by the way, uh, but there are doctrines and creeds that, that create these guardrails that say, this is what the church is. Uh, this, this is teaching for another time, but this is what the church is, and this is what the church is not, according to Jesus. Uh, it's very easy, right? And I've had those conversations, they come to my door, hi, we're the Latter-day Saints. We're the church of Jesus Christ. But watch this. And I go, yeah, you can't be. According to this, you can't be. Because, watch this, because Jesus was the only son of God, and you believe Jesus and Lucifer are brothers. So I, I, you're not part of the church. The Mormons can't be a part of Christianity because they broke away from this. And, they, and watch this, and furthermore, I can keep going, and you also believe we become gods, and that ain't right, because that ain't in here, right? So I, and I've done my study, I've done my work, and I go, yeah, you, you, because of these creeds and these, these guardrails, that's not what the church is. And what we're trying to find is genuine faith in Jesus alone, right? So, well, let's open up our Bibles. Come with me, would you please? The good news, good news of Matthew. This is the first of the good news books. There are four of them. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These are the four good news books, right? Sometimes called the gospel. Hallelujah. The gospels, right? Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse 52. It's way deep in, the, in chapter 13. Jesus is talking, and he says this. The kingdom of heaven is like a homeowner, watch this, who brings from his storeroom new gems of truth as well as old ones. See, we need both. We, we need to understand. That's why we will try and do, for us as a congregation, we try and do hymns on a regular basis. Why? Those are old gems. Old gems from the 1500s, 1700s. We bring those old gems who go, hey, here's an old gem. But we also bring new gems. There's nothing wrong with new songs. I, I've been in groups of pastors. Oh, these, new, these aren't worship songs. Hey, man, I, I read the Psalms, and I go, David just rocked it out. And I bet you they were going, he doesn't quote enough Old Testament. <laughs> David was the Old Testament, right? It's like He didn't know he was writing Scripture at the time. But we get these songs, and I go, oh, yeah. I love this, this order that he writes that Jesus brings down. He says, you got to bring the, the, the new gems. He actually puts that in a sequence order. The new gems and the old gems. And I, I believe that's the superiority, I won't get into it this morning, of the new covenant in Jesus over the old covenant, which was in Abraham and Moses saying, hey, you got to do all these things, you got to do all these things. And Jesus going, no, there's a new covenant, right? But today, what I want to get into in the diversity of these old gems and these new gems, I, I want to talk about the diversity in the body of Christ. And when I talk about diversity, I want you to know I'm not talking about the color of our skin. When I talk about diversity, I'm talking about worship styles. That's different. That, that church worships different than that church, and that's okay. 
right? Worship styles, the programs, demographics, right? The denominations. You go into a Presbyterian church or a Methodist church or a Catholic church or these other churches, you're like, well, they celebrate Jesus really differently. That's what I mean by diversity. And everything that makes each congregation, if we have spiritual eyes to see, makes, makes the church beautiful. It's okay that it's different. It's okay. Well, this, this, I've been, and because I've celebrated this for so many years, it's, uh, it's going on uh, 35 years I've been celebrating church anywhere but here. Um, I, I go into church and it's like, well, they don't have any children's ministries. All the kids are in service. That's cool. And I go to another congregation and they have a pipe organ. It's Dodger Stadium worship, right? And it's like, cool, that's okay. I don't, I don't mind. That, but that's their thing. And I've been in churches where you're not allowed to have any instruments. You're only allowed to sing. This is the only instrument they believe in. And I go, okay, that's your thing. That's okay. I obviously don't believe in that. <laughs> but, that but that's okay. That's, that's how they're going to express their faith. All, all of the things that I'm talking about are only good as adjectives that clarify, they, but they're not so good as nouns that identify. I, I think we have to start seeing terms like Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian as adjectives that describe Christianity rather than nouns that define Christianity. See, here's, here's our problem. We begin with, well, I'm a Lutheran. I'm a Catholic. Or I'm foursquare. No, no, listen, those are styles, those are traditions. It would be more accurate for us to say, I'm a Christian, right, for me, I'm a Christian with charismatic practices. I, I, and this has gone into our politics in our culture today, and a lot of people have confused it there as well. I'm an American Christian. Please reverse that. We are Christian first, and we live in America. This, this is not my home. Bible tells me this is not my home. I'm just making my way through. This is the best Babylon on the planet, but it's still Babylon. This is not my home. I'm not supposed to be here. And he said, I got to leave you for a while, but I'm coming back. This is what Jesus said, but I'm coming back. I'm going to bring you home. That's what he said. And so I go, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, our culture starts with diversity. See, our culture starts with diversity. And watch this. And they make unity the objective. We're all so different. We need to be the same. That's our culture. That's actually democracy logic. Let's all, let's all get on the same page. Different groups that come together for, and they try and stay together as long as they all agree on something. And as soon as they don't agree on something, we just open up the news any day. You go, oh man, they're all divided over this. And now they're divided over that. And they're divided over finances and gas prices and blah, blah, blah. Okay. The beautiful thing is that Jesus set a pattern for us that, that starts with unity. We are one in Christ. We are one in Jesus. And then celebrates the diversity in the midst of the unity. Do you see the difference in that? Starting with diversity and trying to make unity the goal rather than Jesus says, no, we start with unity and we celebrate the diversity. We like the diversity. I know there are people going, there are too many denominations. Listen, it's just the expression of, as I read this, I go, oh, I love that. Let's do that. There are, there are pastors in our valley, and I've had the conversations like, why do you do that church everywhere thing? Why do you keep doing that church everywhere thing? I, because I want to celebrate this. I want to celebrate the diversity of what's happening. 
Church anywhere but here is, or is rather, is not about ignoring our differences. I don't want to ignore the differences between us. I want to celebrate the differences. I want to acknowledge the difference. I'm choosing to celebrate. But when the church begins to compete, when congregations begin to compete with one another, or even worse, and it happens, and it happens in our valley, sadly, we begin to reject one another because of our differences. I've invited other churches, hey, come, we're, back in the day, I, I, I'll never forget it, we're going to go down to the Billy Graham crusade. Billy Graham, it was in his last days, he was going to be at Dodger Stadium, hey, let's go see Billy Graham, let's take people to Billy Graham. No, we won't do that. To pastors, no, we won't see Billy Graham. Why? Because there'll be Catholics there. What? I don't even get it. There are people, and, it's sad, and again, it's sad, uh, our differences, again, rejecting one another. It's sad because there are people who, and I mean this, who will refuse to pray with me because I have women pastors on staff, and I call them pastors. And women are not to be pastors. Bark, 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 bark. I'm like, wow, okay, all right, that, that's okay, and I'll just keep praying, but I wish we could pray together. All those differences that, again, rejecting and competing with another, that's no good. And it reminds me, this cartoon, it's one of my favorites of all time. It's called Tom's Doubts, the guy named Tom's Doubts. So you got this guy, he's teaching the history of the church and Christian movements all throughout history. 1 AD, that's where Jesus starts the church. And then the church begins to just become different. And the teacher says, so this is where our movement comes along and finally got the Bible right. Now, now we know what it really meant. But the rest of these clowns, right? Jesus is so lucky to have us. And, and Jesus is lucky. We, we finally are going to teach everybody the way it ought to be. And listen, I, I don't believe every church should be doing church anywhere but here. But maybe I do. Because I think this is healthy or I wouldn't be doing it. I think it's healthy that we do this. Open your Bibles. Come over here. Go and still continue in the New Testament. Come over here to Ephesians with me, would you please? I want, you to show you, I want to show you a guy named Paul. And he fought for unity. It was amazing, the work that he did. Ephesians chapter 4. This is a reminder that we are one. The basis of our unity found in what Paul's focus throughout this letter to the church. Man, if you get a chance, it's so easy. It's only six chapters. If, if you get a chance, just read Ephesians straight through. Just read it. Like someone wrote you a letter, an email, just read it all the way. It's, again, it's only six chapters. Re read it and go, huh, okay. It's a beautiful letter about our unity, gathering, right, together. I always think of Ephesians, I, the way I remember it is, it's about everyone. It's about encouragement, both E words, right? So watch this. Ephesians chapter 4, I'm going to start in verse 4, and I'm going to read through verse 6. Watch this. Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 4. He says, there is one body, there is one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, there is one faith, there is one baptism, there is one God and Father over all, who is over all, in all, living through all. <laughs> this is it. Yeah, you can clap. Beloved. We're, did you see the highlight I'm putting up here? I kind of messed with the Bible a little bit, right? One. We're one. Listen, okay, they don't, do, they don't do church like me. That's okay. We're one. I just happen to be the weird uncle in the body of Christ. 
right? I'm that guy, right? And they go, oh, sanctuary. It's okay. We're one. You can't get rid of me. We're going to spend eternity together. Sorry, there's the news today, right? But, but here's what Paul's saying. He's, we are one. And, and I don't want us to miss the emphasis of this, and that's why I did this. I capitalized all that one, because we're one. Next week, what I want to do, and it's hard, and I will tell you, please hear me clearly. It's hard. Next week is hard. It makes people uncomfortable. I know that. Being uncomfortable is what makes us grow up. Anytime there is pain, pain always causes growth. Pain is always associated with growth. Pain is always associated with maturity. Always. Some of you may remember a a singer. Her name is Charlotte Church. Anybody remember this name? She has perfect pitch. She started when she was 10 years old. She had perfect pitch at 10 years old. Something God did in her brain when she was born. She could sing perfect pitch. They would say, here's this chord. Here's this note. She boom. She would hit it every single time. She had perfect pitch, and she would sing, and it was beautiful. But you know what everybody agreed on? (laughs) Yeah, it's really pretty, but there's no passion in her voice because her heart hasn't been broken yet. And it wasn't until she was 16, 17 years old that after she had had boys who liked her and boys who abandoned her and pain in life, which she didn't have a lot of up until age 10, Once she had some pain in her life, there came a passion in her voice, a growing up in her voice that she actually understood what it meant to sing an aria, what what it meant to sing a a passionate song about love and what love means, and she understood it now. Pain is always associated with growth. And so I realize next week's going to be hard for people, but I'm going to encourage you, please do it anyway. Please do it anyway, because next week I, I, I want us to make the boundaries between Christians and, and congregations more porous. I think it's okay for movement between us. It's okay. I realize, I realize, first of all, we live in a very transient society. A lot of movement. Probably too much movement. Pastor says something stupid. I do it every Sunday. And then somebody, I'm not going there anymore. And they go off and go somewhere else. I, I get that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, I celebrate you. I celebrate you. I celebrate you. You're just part of the family. The family that lives in Indiana, the family that lives in Florida, the family that lives in North Dakota. It's just part of the family, but those people live very differently than I do. And I celebrate that. That's okay. I want to encourage movement between our extended family. These are our family members. So allow me to address any possible misconceptions before I, start, before I continue, though, because I, I didn't wake up one day and go, you know what I need? I need a Sunday off. You know, I, I need to just do nothing on a Sunday. That, that, wasn't, that wasn't what started all of this, right? I want to sleep in. You know, I never get to go to the beach on a Sunday. I want to go to the beach on a Sunday because you guys get to go to the beach on a Sunday. I work on Sundays, right? It's like, I, 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 it's a really hard, like, I'll get those wedding invitations. And I'm like, I can go on Saturday even though it's late, but I got to be back. And everybody else like, oh, we're going to make a weekend of it. I'm like, I can't, I got to work. And I'm okay with that, really, but, but I want you to know, I, I, I'm, I'm, again, I'm begging you, please don't see next Sunday as a, as a day off. Please don't. Because we're going to miss what I think Jesus is wanting us to see. Jesus is wanting us to see some really beautiful things, and if we, if we miss this opportunity, 
I think we miss a lot of things. If you've got your app open, I've got some notes. I want you to plug these in for you, okay? Church anywhere over here, it's an opportunity for us to see our oneness. You'll see the oneness. You go, oh, they're celebrating Jesus too, just differently. That's okay, they're celebrating Jesus. And we will be able to see the oneness. It's, it's in different traditions. And quite honestly, they complement one another. The traditions complement one another. Oh, we don't do that. Why don't we do that? Every year, people come back and go, can we start doing that? That was really cool. I think we can. Why not? Our family does it. We could do that. Here's another one. Church and everybody here is an opportunity for us to present our oneness. We walk in and people go, Hi, are you new? Actually, I'm here for church. I'm going to be here. What, and I promise this is what's going to happen. What's that? Well, we, we go to the sanctuary and our pastor's come, oh, right? And so he said today, we, he closed the doors of the church. I promise you will arrive here next week if you forget. And it's sometimes it's just kind of like, you know, just kind of on autopilot. You're going to church on Sunday morning. You're like, ah, ah, and you'll find somebody sitting in the driveway going, hi, you forgot. There'll be nobody here. I want you to know we can present our oneness. We can present that gathering with our family, singing with our family, giving to our family. I'm encouraging you to take an offering next week. Take your tithe, drop it off at the congregation that you go to. Do, do that. Bless them. Right? Have a donut with them. Listen to them. Have a cup of coffee with them. Whatever it is. Just go, okay, these, this is my family. I've never met this family member before. It's okay. Here's the third one. Church over here is an opportunity to share our oneness. To share our oneness. Because every year, every year, when someone asks, so what is this church anywhere but here thing? Oh, it's something that we celebrate. We celebrate the church. Really? So your pastor told you to come to go to other churches? Yeah. Because he believes that we are one. We are one. This is who we are. And so he said, hey, I want you to go out. Visit another congregation. Take, watch this, take your kids, put them in children's ministries. That's rough on some people. I can't do that. You know you did it once for the first time here, and you were nervous here. You were nervous the first time when you went, should I go have a cup of coffee? And now it's like, well, that's what we do on Sundays. I have my cup of coffee. But, but I want you to understand something. It, 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 will, it will allow you to celebrate them with us us with them here's the last one church over here's opportunity to focus on what unites us we're always talking about the stuff and the world is the world is watching closely by the way the world is watching us all the time the world is watching us and you know what they are judging us they are demanding proof show me show me what you're really all about. Show me what you're for. Because I can hear the talk amongst yourselves. Oh, that church. Oh, that church. Oh, I have a Christian at work. I wouldn't go to their church at all based on the way they talk. You see what I mean? It's like we fail in these ways. But this is an opportunity for us to focus on what unites us rather than, well, they don't do worship like us. You know, so. no, let's not do that. Here's why, because I believe that when we get this, when we get this concept of church anywhere but here, when we truly get it, I believe we'll be closer to living out the fullness of the purpose of the church. The church, the church, the congregation with another congregation. That's why we do, we partner with other congregations. 
the Preston Sprinkle thing. We're partnering with another congregation. Feeding, feeding the poor in our community. Partnering with other congregations. We do things in partnership because we are the church. We'll see the fullness of the church. And, and I think we'll also see why Jesus left us here for so long. I ha- I, that's the one beef. I, I'm going to get to heaven. I'm like, so Jesus, um, this whole word soon, you said you were coming back soon. I got a little problem with how you define it versus the way I define it. Like you said you were coming back, but I'm like, when is soon? Right? Church, any over here, let me give you some examples here. Uh, so I can, I'm going to get parable wise here. Church, any over here is kind of like the Olympics. It's many events in one event. What is the Olympics? How do you define the Olympics? The Olympics is that. But that's the church. Those are the Presbyterians. That's the vineyard. That's that independent church that meets in a junior high school. See, it's, it's all of that makes the Olympics. I was praying this year, and I was like, oh, Lord, how do I do this? I want you to think of it, the church over here like a bride. Watch this. The same bride in different dresses. It's the same woman, just in different styles. One church has a shorter dress. One church wears a veil. One church has the hair down. One church has the hair up. One church curls the hair. One church, it's the same person, same model, just different expression. And we've been, to, we've been to weddings and we go, wow, that took courage to wear that dress. Right? Listen, so I go into churches and I go, oh, wow, in this picture. Oh, they, they wore their hair up. And, and, and so I want, I want you to see that. And another way we could do this is if, if you know, she was Asian. Oh, sorry, go back for me, Owen. If she was Asian, she was black, she was, you know, and, but it's the same dress. Same dress on different people. I, I, I saw an article, I was going to try and get it, I couldn't get a good enough picture for it, where seven generations wore the same wedding dress. They just kept altering it, but it all started way back here, and it was all different people in the same dress, but they just kept making it a little bit different, a little bit different. Here's the last one, and you got a little sneak peek. This is church anywhere over here, too. This is my favorite one right there. Okay. It's, listen, what is ice cream? Is, is ice cream vanilla? Is ice cream chocolate? Is vanilla is chocolate wrong? Some people go, oh, vanilla. Some people say, Rocky Road, ice cream's supposed to be smooth. And other people go, I love texture in my ice cream. Anybody know where I'm going here? Watch this. This is the church. The beauty, the diversity, it's all ice cream, but it's different flavors. And we celebrate that. Standing behind someone who orders, you know, orange sherbet, and you go, sherbet's not ice cream. Do you, do you do that when you're standing in line? If you really knew what you'd get the moose tracks, of course, that's ice cream. No, we don't, we don't mock somebody else on their choices. That's their choice. That's their palate. They like that flavor. Okay, fine. Instead of rolling our eyes over our differences, let's focus on the stuff where we agree. Let's focus on the stuff where we agree. Okay, it's different. That's fine. And I believe that when we do, we will see the life-changing power of Jesus. And you know what? I believe that that church could change the world. I believe that church could change the world. I believe as long as we continue to focus on our differences, as long as we continue to focus on the things that, well, they, they believe differently, we won't, we won't find the unity that Jesus said he came for. He said, 
me and the Father are one, as you and I are supposed to be one, as you guys are supposed to be one, and that'll change the world. They'll know you're my disciples by your love for one another, not your, well, they don't do worship correctly. Well, you know, they have women pastors or whatever. They speak in tongues, they prophesy, they believe in New Testament gifts, whatever, all those things. Jesus said it best, John 13. Your love for one another is going to prove to the world you're my disciples. Our love for one another is the proof. And I believe it's the proof the world is looking for. The world is looking at us going, does anybody have anything better than this? And the church goes, yeah, us, except them. Jesus gave us hope. So here's a question for you. When was the last time you did something for the first time? Think about it. Just get it through your mind. When was the last time you did something for the first time? You went somewhere unfamiliar. Again, I know it can be intimidating. So I encourage you next week, don't go by yourself. Find somebody to go with. Hey, you want to go to that church? You want to go to that church, right? You want to go gather with them, right? I want to encourage you, go somewhere uncomfortable. I've never been in a Methodist church before. I hear they're like high church and they, you know, they come down the aisle, the Bible, and it's kind of weird. They wear robes and I used to wear a robe. 15 years I wore a robe right here on this pulpit. I got no problem with robes. That uncomfortability, quite honestly, allows us to experience what a visitor feels like when they're in here. When you see somebody for the first time and they know you saw them for the first time and you go, I'm not talking to them, they're strangers. Do you know how uncomfortable they are? The same uncomfort you're going to feel next week when so, nobody talks to you. And so we got we to make sure, because they go, well, you're not part of us. No, we're, we're the same family. Here's the last point for this morning, and I believe this is foundational. It's this, everyone who celebrates communion, the Lord's table, the body, the blood of Christ, right? We've got all kinds of names for it, the Eucharist, right? Any, anybody who celebrates communion with Jesus is celebrating communion with everyone who celebrates communion with Jesus. <laughs> Catch that. I don't know how they do it. I've been in churches where, you know, one person holds a cup, another person holds bread, and they, they break off a piece of bread, and they give you the bread, and then you take the bread, and they dip it in a cup. Okay, cool. Other people have the to-go cups, you know, like, whoop, rip it off, and you get that little piece of styrofoam on the top, and you get it in there, and you... Okay, that's cool. Other people have crackers and juice. We do that, right? Other people, other people use wine. Some people only grape juice. It's okay. But I want you to hear it. Everyone who celebrates communion with Jesus celebrates communion with everyone who celebrates communion with Jesus. So here's what I want to do next week. I want to encourage you to have communion at home. Before you go to church anywhere over here, please go to church anywhere over here. But have communion at home, symbolically going, Jesus, I'm joining people who join you. I'm joining people who celebrate you. And I'm celebrating you here in my home with my family, whoever. You're going you're gonna to meet with somebody. You're going to go to a church somewhere. Great. Have communion with them. But it's, we're doing this thing together. It's the oneness that we're celebrating. We're having communion at home. So as you leave today, you'll get this card. Church area over here, Right? And on the back is this QR code. There's the QR code. You want to take a picture of it now? You can. This lists over 50 churches that you could go to next week.
This QR code, I, uh, like, and this is where the pastors always go, so you like gave them our church name? Yes, we did. I'm, I'm giving you their website. There it is. There's the website. It's, I've broken it down in a list. You could go to churches that are in your neighborhood. You can go to churches out of your neighborhood. I've broken it down. Canyon Country, Newhall, Stevenson Ranch, Saugus, Valencia. I just said, okay, here's, here's churches all over our valley. The body of Christ all over our valley. And I'm saying, pick one. Go celebrate with people you don't know. But I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to go next week to celebrate with others. Because I think it's good for us to see, oh, this is not, this is not the only way to be the church, to do church. There's lots of ways. P please don't take this as a day off. I go to the sanctuary. I don't go somewhere else. I, I realize that. I, I, I do. But I want to encourage you to come celebrate the body of Christ with me. So here's some questions I want to talk about this morning. Here's some questions. What, what stands out to you about all that I'm rambling on about? I'm yammering away, right? What stands out to you? Have you ever been in a different kind of church context? I have been, I was born and raised in the Catholic church. I went to an Assemblies of God church, which is what is called High Pentecostal. I've been in there. I've attended Baptist services. I've been in Presbyterian services, Methodist services. I've seen, I love, I go, oh, this is so different. I wouldn't go to church here. Not, not in a bad way. It's just not my thing. Some people here go, I like the way Pastor Marty talks. He kind of talks my language. He talks street level, you know, like it's not, it's not uh, uh, maybe hoity-toity. I've had people tell me, you're not so hoity-toity, right? Okay, listen, some people connect with the way I, with the way I teach. That's cool. And I was listening to a pastor once, and I'm like, man, you're, at, you're answering all the questions I'm not asking. And I probably wouldn't come to church here, but I kind of dig it. It's so different. And I celebrate it, but it's not someplace I would go. On this list, other four-square churches, some of you may want to consider driving all the way to Culver City and seeing Pastor Ashton. Pastor Ashton was our youth pastor, our associate pastor. He left earlier this year to take over the senior pastor in Culver City. Some of you, it's on, the, you could go, look him up, Culver City Foursquare Church. Go visit Pastor Ashton. Pastor Jen's across the way. She was, a, she was an associate pastor here, assistant pastor here. She's now pastoring in Valencia. Go see her. Go celebrate it. Go to a church that you go, I've not been there before. Here's what most people do. I'm going to go to real life. That way nobody knows I'm there. I can just kind of whoop, and then you just go, whoop, you just kind of get consumed in it all, right? You're just part of the crowd. Okay, that's cool too. Listen, that's cool. But listen, go somewhere you haven't been. Well, I used to go to that church. I'm going to go see some friends. I'm going to go back to the church I used to go to. Don't do that. Go somewhere you haven't been. So what stands out in a different church context you've been in? And then where are you going next week?